0: Hello and welcome to Living a Culture of Life podcast by Human Life International. I'm your host, Colleen Haupt, and I'm joined today by Dr. George Delgado. Thank you so much for being here. Welcome. Great to be here. And we're going to be talking about abortion pill reversal, which you, I know you were the director of the abortion pill reversal network, I believe, but I believe that Dr. Matthew Harrison was the one who did the first reversal. So can you explain how you got involved, how you heard about it and um, yeah, what, what your story's been with this?
1: Sure. Yeah. So um, Dr. Matthew Harrison had performed the very first recorded uh, abortion pill reversal. And his case was unbeknownst to me. And about a year and a half after he had done his reversal, I had a very similar uh, circumstance where I was in my office seeing patients. I got a phone call from a sidewalk counselor by the name of Terry Palmquist, who was in Bakersfield, California. Terry was on the phone with a woman from El Paso, Texas who had taken Mifepristone, um, then was often known as ru forty six, and changed her mind and wanted a second chance at life. So Terry called me to see if I could help her. I said, Terry, I'd never heard of any cases of this being done before, but let me think about it. And I had a lot of knowledge about how Mifepristone uh, causes abortions because I had studied it even before it was released, even before it got the name Mifepristone, when it was just known as ru forty six. And I also had quite a bit of experience using progesterone in my practice for women with low progesterone levels who are pregnant and had spotting or cramping, what we called threatened miscarriages. And I knew that I could give those women progesterone and sometimes save their babies and stop the miscarriages. So I think the Holy Spirit put two and two together in my mind. And I thought to myself, well, these women are taking progesterone receptor blockers. So it is as if they have low progesterone levels. Perhaps if I give extra progesterone, supplement the progesterone, then I could defeat the mifepristone on a cellular level and save the baby. So I told uh, Terry that I think I had a plan. I thought I had a plan, but I needed to find a doctor in El Paso, Texas. So I got on the phone. And I found Dr. Jonalyn Bellacura, who had progesterone in the office and was willing to treat the patient. I came up with a protocol on the fly and I offered it to dr belliliker who agreed to use that protocol and a few weeks later she called me and said well you know, the baby's alive we, we saved the baby so it was very exciting I wasn't sure at that point though if it was just a a coincidence or if I if we had really been able to affect the reversal of a medical abortion as time went on people started calling me they'd heard about my case they were asking for advice and I was giving advice to people all over the country we were helping some other women who were finding us. Um, calling us. And I realized that, uh, well, we probably had more than a handful of cases. So at that point, Dr. Mary Davenport and I wrote the first article about uh, abortion pill reversal. And we wrote a case series about six patients. And that's when I found out about Dr. Matthew Harrison, because we discovered that he had done that case earlier. So then Dr. Harrison and I met, and we've been collaborating ever since. That pub- paper was published in 2012, and at that point, I knew that we were onto something big. I thought there was more than just a fluke. And I knew that we had a couple of problems. One, that women sometimes weren't finding out about this option soon enough, and two, every time we had a new woman asking us for help, we had to scramble and, and look all over to find someone who could help her in her in her area. So that's when I founded the Abortion Pill Reversal Network, started the website, abortionpillreversal.com, and started recruiting doctors to join the network. From there, it it pretty much grew organically. And by 2018, I realized and the nonprofit uh, with which I'm affiliated in San Diego, Culture of Life Family Services, realized that it was probably a bigger project than we could handle because it was really national and now going international. So we met with people from Heartbeat International. They agreed to assume the program. They took it over and renamed it Abortion Pill Rescue Network, still keeping the same website, abortionpillreversal.com. They revamped it, of course. They wanted the research and the medical protocols to stay with me. So at that point, I founded Steno Institute, which is a nonprofit um, institute that is um designed to increase awareness, education, and research around abortion pill reversal. Our board of directors includes uh, Dr. Mary Davenport, Dr. Matthew Harrison, and myself, and and we've been uh, growing ever since.
0: That's wonderful. I didn't realize that you hadn't heard about his reversal first. So that's, I knew you two worked together, so I guess I just assumed you'd heard about it, but... um... That's really incredible. Did you ever, were you ever concerned about the safety of the woman or the child doing this? Or I know that progesterone has been given for other pregnancy issues. So did you, were you pretty confident that that was a possibility to be able to save the baby and be safe for the mother?
1: Well, initially, of course, I couldn't be sure. And I wouldn't have tried it, however, if I didn't know that progesterone had been used safely in pregnancy for over 50 years. So that gave me a level of confidence. But again, this was sort of a new area. Didn't know for sure whether whether or not there would be any um, unforeseen risks or, or problems. But after we um, did our second case series, which was a large case series of over 500 women who attempted reversal, we found that the um, not only was the abortion pill reversal with progesterone safe, it's also very effective, and we found that the birth defect risk with a uh, Babies born after successful reversals is no greater than that of the general population. So we were very, very comforted by that. We also um, later got confirmation from the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists who've come out with uh, three separate um, practice bulletins stating that Mifepristone, the abortion pill itself, does not cause birth defects. So it either causes the end of the life of the preborn baby or otherwise does not harm the preborn baby. People wonder, well, how how could that be? Well, the reason why is that the mifepristone actually attacks the placental attachment, how the placenta attaches to the uterus. It doesn't attack the embryo or the fetus, him or herself. So it it causes separation of the placenta from the wall of the uterus by, by depriving the baby from nutrition and hydration, then the baby dies. But by not attacking the baby directly, there's does not appear to be any risk of birth defects.
0: That's interesting. Yeah, so it basically starves the baby to death. Is that basically how it works by attacking the placenta so the baby doesn't get nutrients? That's
1: exactly how it works. Okay. It also does a few other things. By blocking progesterone, it leads to contractions of the uterus, and the cervix starts to open up. But the primary mode of action that uh, kills the preborn baby is by separating the placenta from the uterus.
0: And when I was doing some research on this, I noticed that a lot of... um People that are against abortion pill reversal were saying that if the woman just doesn't take the second pill, so the one that actually causes the contractions, then the baby would potentially survive. Like it has the same rate. And I believe that's not true. Can you explain a little that why that, what that argument, why people make that argument and what the actual response is?
1: Yes. And they actually used to make that argument much more than they do now because we've uh, refuted it pretty successfully. But the story behind that is that Dr. Davenport published a very nice study in 2017, really determining what the survival rate is if a baby, preborn baby is exposed to mifepristone and you do nothing at all, which is what they're suggesting. When you look back at their early studies of mifepristone, they were only using that drug by itself. They weren't using the second drug misoprostol. And what, we, what Dr. Davenport found that the the best survival rates when, only, when nothing is done after mifepristone is given uh, is about 25%. So 25% survival rate. Now, there's something else besides survival rate, and that is what we call an incomplete abortion rate. And an incomplete abortion means that the contents of the uterus are not completely emptied. And what they found in their studies was that the incomplete abortion rate was anywhere from 20 up to 40% of the time. So but incomplete abortion does not imply that the baby is still alive. It just means that the baby's remains are still in the uterus. So because of that 20 to 40% chance of incomplete abortion, they added that second drug, the misoprostol, which is very effective at causing contractions. So what they are initially doing was they were conflating those two statistics, either misinterpreting or actually lying about them and stating that, well, 40% and sometimes they're even stretching it to 50% of the time. The baby will survive no matter what, what you do, if you don't do anything. But that really is incorrect. It's it's up to 40% of the time the contents of the uterus will not be emptied. The preborn baby will only survive up to 25% of the time. And a woman who's interested in abortion pill reversal is interested in a surviving baby that will be born later. She's not interested so much in what the statistics are for incomplete abortion, i.e. incomplete emptying of the uterus.
0: Okay, that makes sense that they were looking like basically using the wrong statistics, saying um that the child wouldn't be expelled, but like the contents of the uterus wouldn't be expelled, but the baby wouldn't survive. Um, what's been your experience giving women this treatment? Like, do any stories stand out what What is it normally like when a woman calls asking for this treatment?
1: well yeah i've I've been privileged to help many women who've uh, undergone this treatment and who have expressed their gratitude. One that uh, always comes to mind is uh, because it demonstrates how much uh, second thoughts and sometimes indecision there, there can be about this. It was a woman who um, was a college student, and um, she she found out she was pregnant. She told her mom that she wanted to get an abortion. The mother initially refused to help her, but the uh, the daughter who was pregnant persisted, and so finally the. Her mother gave in to her and drove her to the abortion center where she got the mifepristone and she took it. And her mother immediately had regrets and went to confession. And the priest in the confessional said, well, do you know about abortion pill reversal? And she said, no. And she said, he said, well, call Dr. Delgado. So she called me and told me what had happened. And I said, well, I'd be happy to talk to your daughter if she's interested in reversing her, her medical abortion. And at first the daughter was not interested at all, but the mother, mother convinced her to call me. She did call me, and after a couple of phone calls, she agreed to come down to the office um, one evening, and uh, I met her there with uh, with my wife, who's a nurse, and she came with her boyfriend, the father of the baby. The father of the baby was really hoping that the baby would still be alive and that they would reverse. the The, the pregnant woman was not so sure. Well, once I put the ultrasound transducer on her on her abdomen, she saw the little baby moving around and with a heartbeat, she started to cry. And at that moment, she decided, yes, she wanted to reverse this abortion. And so she was all in, as was her her boyfriend. So we started the treatment that night and the baby survived and was born a very healthy baby and um, now is in in school. And uh, a couple uh, eventually got married. And now they are really big pro-life advocates and uh, they're so grateful that they got the second chance at life.
0: That's a beautiful story. Do you know how many children have been saved approximately using this treatment? Or
1: So Heartbeat International has documented over 4,000 births after successful reversals. So we know more than 4,000.
0: Wow. That's incredible. What um is usually what are some common reasons for women to change their mind after taking the pill? Is it just, yeah? I guess I, I understand that there's regret, but is there anything that's like a common denominator? What are like? Do you know what the common reasons are, why they seek this treatment?
1: Well, I I often hear from them or hear stories from others that they had a lot of um, a lot of misgivings from the start that they. Really deep down inside did not want to commit an abortion, but they felt they were trapped, that they had nowhere else to go. Kind of analogous to a person who attempts suicide. They often feel like they have no way out of a bad situation. So this is often the case with with these women. At the same time, like all women and and really all men, too, they're hardwired psychologically to protect their young, to protect their unborn. And so that's why they have this conflict, and psychological conflict, in that they're choosing to end the life of their preborn baby, but at the same time, they're hardwired to protect that life. So most of them really felt that that this was not the right thing to do, but at the same time, they felt it was the only option that they had, because they've been fed this lie that, that abortion is the way out of, of a crisis pregnancy, and that there's no better way out, and that this will just reset everything, and everything will be... Um, better than it was before. Deep down inside, they know that that's a lie. So they, they have this conflict from the start. And then almost immediately after taking the mifepristone, they have some regret. And they, at that point, they start to search for help. Some of the other ones that that I've encountered have um, not had those feelings right away, but a little later, hours later or a day later. And then they often talk to a friend or, or a confidant or a family member gives them support and, and maybe they didn't see that support before. And then they start to think, well, maybe this wasn't the right thing to do. And then they start to search for help.
0: Okay. And that's why there's the hotline, right? And do you know why? So that's connecting women with basically doctors near them that are able to do this pill reversal. Is that how it works? And how many States are they in? <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah, so we um, we've, the hotline has helped women in all 50 States okay. and in more than 70 countries. So this is truly international and what happens is when a woman um, is thinking about reversal, she usually does a search on her phone and comes up with abortionpillreversal.com. She goes to the website. Website has lots of great information. In fact, the information on the medical abortion itself is better than the information and more complete than the information they get at the abortion center. So they can learn more about what they've done and then they get information on the reversal and the reversal process and what their options are. There's also a chat box. And the, the woman can chat with uh, one of the operators. Then, at that point, if uh, she wants to get more information or move forward, and she's connected with the hotline nurse who who talks to her on the phone, answers all of her questions, gives her more information. And then, if she's still interested, the um, hotline nurse will have her will get get information from her, have her sign a consent form, and then will uh, determine that yes, she does want reversal. The woman says she does want reversal. Then she'll find the doctor clinic that's closest to her in her area and then connect the two of them so that uh, treatment can get uh, started.
0: And what is the treatment process for this? And yeah, how does it work?
1: (laughs) Well, there there are various different protocols, but the most common protocol used is what we call the uh, high dose oral protocol. This is where a woman takes progesterone capsules by mouth and uh, we ask them to take with food because absorption is better and she uh, usually takes it for a minimum of two weeks or until the end of the first trimester, whichever is longer.
0: Okay. And how exactly does the reversal process work? You mentioned it slightly on a cellular cellular level where it's competing for the progestin. So can you explain a little bit why, how it works or where the progestin is competing for the receptors? Can you explain a little bit in layman's terms how that works?
1: Sure. I'll, get, I'll give an analogy that people often... Uh, often connect very well with. And that is that if you can imagine, the hormone is like a key, and the key goes into a lock, turns the lock. When the lock is turned, the door is unlocked and a door can open. The door opening is what we call the hormone effect. And so all the good things that progesterone does, keeping the placenta well-attached, keeping the uterus nice and relaxed, all that is because that progesterone molecule, that key is going into little locks called receptors, turning those receptors, opening the door, causing the hormone effect. So those are the good things that progesterone does. Now, all of us have had the experience, I think, of putting a key into a lock that fit very well into the lock, but did not turn the lock. So I call that a false key. That's the mifepristone. It does not turn the lock, so the door never opens. Therefore, the mifepristone, the false key, blocks the effects of progesterone. Now, fortunately, those keys are going in and out of the lock. It's a dynamic process. So what we do is by supplementing the progesterone, we have more of the good guy keys lined up in front of that lock, so that when the bad key comes out, the false key exits the receptor, then the good guy key, the progesterone, goes into the lock, can turn it, open the door, and cause that hormone effect. And we can outcompete the false keys until they they wash out of the system in several days.
0: Oh, that's, that's a really good analogy to be able to think of that. So basically you have a lot of competing, like the hormones, like the progestion all competing for the same area. And so you kind of just outnumber it. Is that kind of, I guess what you're saying?
1: Exactly. We outnumber it. Yeah. Another analogy I use is like, if those of you have ever played on a basketball team, sometimes you do basketball rebounding drills and usually you have, um, let's say, three players on one team, three on the other, and you throw the ball up and about 50% of the time, one team will get it 50% of the time, the other team. Well, let's say you had three players on one team, but then you had 10 players on the other team. Well, it's more likely the the team that has 10 players will get the rebound. So again, it's a competition based on numbers.
0: Okay. And then since progestin has been used in um, for pregnancies for so long, Um, I know a lot of people have said that the abortion pill reversal isn't FDA approved. Can you explain why it's not FDA approved and how pro-lifers can address that concern that people have with it?
1: Sure. So, yes, you're you're right. Progesterone has been used safely in pregnancy for over 50 years. And a very related compound called uh, um, 17-hydroxyprogesterone caprate was approved by the FDA to prevent preterm labor And um, that drug is actually coming off the market because the doses they were using were too low. So follow-up studies showed it to be ineffective, not because of safety reasons. But progesterone has been used, like I said, for 50 years. Progesterone itself is FDA approved. It's just not FDA approved for abortion pill reversal. It's important for our, our viewers to know that About 20% or more of all prescriptions in the United States are what we call off-label use of drugs. So, for example, there may be a drug um, like uh, tributaline, for example, that is used, that is FDA approved for asthma, but it's used to stop preterm labor in women who are are going into labor early because we know it's effective, but it's never gotten the FDA approval for that. We have lots of different uh, examples that we have. For example, we have Uh, Heart medicines that are used to lower blood pressure and things like that, because oftentimes a drug company will seek what we call an FDA indication to get the drug on the market. So the FDA gives an official proclamation: you may use this drug for this. But the law also says that you're free to use the drug for other um, conditions as long as uh, there's evidence to support that. In this case, we have evidence to support that um, that progesterone is effective and safe for abortion pill reversal. So we can use it with confidence without the FDA indication.
0: And what would it take to get FDA approval? Is that possible to do ethically or would that involve basically causing women to get abortions and not being able to reverse them?
1: Well, yeah, so that's a good question. That would depend on the FDA if the FDA would accept a because normally the FDA wants what are called placebo control trials where one group gets not, nothing at all. And that would be an unethical trial. But if they would accept a trial being done without a placebo group, then um, yes, we could get that FDA indication. And I'm confident it's in the future we will. Now, it's uh, just as an aside, it's important to note that um, the FDA isn't always um, uh, fair in their determinations. For example, mifepristone itself was approved by the FDA without a randomized placebo-controlled trial. The trial they used for it called the Spitz trial, SPITZ, in the New England Journal of Medicine, was not a randomized placebo-controlled trial. Yet, Nonetheless, they made exceptions to the rules and um, they approved it.
0: And then how um, effective is abortion pill reversal? How often does it work? And is there a time frame? I know that the, you, if you're all competing, if it's a trying to outnumber the drug that of the abortion pill, then clearly there's going to be a time frame that you want to take it in. So what is the, I guess... What is the percentages of reversal, but also what is the time frame? What does that look like for women?
1: So with our best protocol, with our high-dose oral protocol, the study that we did showed that uh, it was 68% successful. So that's uh, far better than the 25% survival rate uh, at best if nothing else is done, if if you just sit on your hands. So we're very happy with that kind of success rate. As far as the time frame, we've um, had success up to 72 hours out from Mifepristone ingestion. But we certainly think that taking it sooner is better than taking it later. These days, um, through the uh, Abortion Pill Rescue Network, the vast majority of women are getting started um, within 24 hours. So We're very happy about that.
0: Wow. And just going off of that, like having talked about all this, what's been the most rewarding part of being involved in abortion pill reversal for you? What's like What stands out? What's been yeah, what's been the most rewarding part of being involved in
1: this? Well, the most two, two things really is one is uh, just the the different times when women have expressed their gratitude to me when when I've met women at conferences and they've come up to me and thanked me for um, either directly or indirectly giving them the second chance at life. That's been really um, very, very gratifying. The other part has just been um, to be privileged to be part of, of such a a breakthrough, um, really movement here where, um, we're really able to give women everywhere who want it a second chance at life. And, and that, um, to me just is very, very special and it, it's humbling to be part of it, but it, it, and a great privilege to be a part of it. It's mm-hmm. true.
0: Do you expect there to be an uptick in, um, abortion pill reversals as places like CVS and Walgreens start selling abortion pills? Do you think that as it becomes, I guess, more common and easier for women to get the abortion pills themselves, that there'll also be an um, increased amount of women looking for abortion pill reversal?
1: I really do think so because women, not not just getting, let's say, through their own doctors at Walgreens or, or at um, CVS, but also more and more women are getting the abortion pill online. Ordering it online or, or through telemedicine online, and at least when they go to the abortion centers, they get some semblance of counseling, albeit biased counseling. But at least they have some time for reflection. Here, they really don't have that sort of built-in pause to think about what they're doing, and uh, so I do think that more women may make hasty decisions, and therefore they may regret those decisions more than than women who perhaps went to a more through a more Deliberative process, so I do foresee an increased need for abortion pill reversal. Now, I also see that they're going to that we are seeing more risks of um, women getting uh, their medical abortions either online or through telemedicine, or we'll see how it goes with doctors' offices, because we're seeing that women are are taking the mifepristone without getting ultrasounds first. Without an ultrasound, they. They may not know exactly their pregnancy dating, so they may be taking it too far into the pregnancy, or they may be misreading their their home pregnancy test and taking it when they're not really pregnant. There may be an ectopic pregnancy. We know that ectopic pregnancies occur 1% to 2% of the time in the U.S., and if you mifepristone is not supposed to be taken when you have a tubal pregnancy. It's not sufficient treatment for a tubal pregnancy. So a woman could take the mifepristone, start to have cramping and bleeding attributed to the medical abortion, not knowing that it's actually her tube that's starting to rupture. She could delay medical treatment. She could die in her own bathroom from a rupture, tube. I think we're going to start seeing such tragic, uh, catastrophic events occurring. Also, 15% of all people are RH negative in their blood type. And RH negative mother, when she has an abortion, should get an injection of something called Rogan, to protect her body from mounting an immune response against the baby's blood, if she doesn't get that shot, then she and the baby is Rh positive. She will be sensitized, and in future pregnancies that are with Rh positive babies, she will have um, lots of complications, including recurrent stillbirths. The um, male order uh, obtained mifepristone also will become the tool of child molesters, rapists, and sex traffickers. So We're going to see a lot of social uh, misuse of this drug too
0: yeah it's it's really scary the implications that are going to come out of this is there any chance that abortion pill reversal could also be sold at place like CVS or Walgreens or is that something that needs to be done through a doctor to make sure that women are doing it safely
1: well it should always be done through a doctor that right now the women do you know get re- mm-hmm. fill their prescriptions at, at the various uh, pharmacies but first they have to see a doctor um they need to get an ultrasound um, as soon as possible yeah and then get started on the progesterone as soon as possible. So right now we're, we're using the uh, highest standards, the highest ethical standards of making sure that everything is safe and effective and that we take very good care of these women because we care deeply about their health and their well-being as well as their baby's health and well-being. Um, so we want to make sure that we always do things the right way medically.
0: Well thank you for that. It's good that we have doctors and like physicians nurses who are willing to actually care for the women and the baby and make sure that they get the best health. And is there um anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today before we wrap up or
1: So I just like all of all of your listeners to keep abortion pill reversal in mind so that if someone in your sphere of influence is in this situation, you can recommend it to her. And also just so that uh, you can spread the word about it, because it's still uh, amazing to me how many people have not heard of abortion pill reversal. And I just want them to all know that it's safe and effective and that women who are given that second chance at life are very, very grateful. I'd also invite them to visit our website, stenoinstitute.org, that's stenoinstitute.org to get more information.
0: And I'll link that in the bio as well so people can, you can visit it there. Thank you so much for joining us today. This has been a really interesting conversation. Um, I'm really glad you're able to be on the podcast and thank you for everything that you do. You're welcome. And to all of our listeners, please like, follow and subscribe, whether you're listening on YouTube or Rumble or any of our audio platforms um, and keep on living the culture of life. God bless.